Hello and welcome to a special HRD Summit UK edition of the HRD Live podcast. This week I was joined by a host of wonderful guests from learning disabilities charity MenCap. Angela Buxton, HR Director, Vincent Gratrick, IT Director, Kira Lawrence, Campaign Support Officer, Harry Roach, Communications and Ambassador, and Mark Kapper, Head of Development, discuss what HR leaders can do to transform disability inclusion in their businesses. Enjoy. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this podcast. Uh, today's podcast is about learning disability inclusion, brought to you by the charity MenCap. We're the UK's leading charity supporting people with a learning disability and their families. So starting with me, I'm Angela Buxton and I'm the People Director at MenCap, going around the room. Hello, I'm Mark Kappa. I'm the Head of Development. And my name's Harry. I'm the Communication Assistant slash Ambassador at MenCap and I'm also the um, Inclusion Europe Board Member as well as the um, European Platform for Self-Advocates um, Steering Group Member. Hi, I'm Kira Lawrence and I am a Campaigns Support Officer at Mencap. Hi, I'm Vince Gratterick. I'm the IT Director at Mencap. So before we go any further, we thought it'd be quite helpful um, if we uh, described to you what a learning disability actually is. So I'm going to ask Harry, one of our colleagues with a learning disability, to describe that. Um, a learning disability is described as a reduced intellectual on the ability to learn. Um, <clears throat> a learning disability, um, with people with learning disability, um, like myself, we um, struggle with like certain tasks. Um, even though we'll get there eventually, we need the time and patience from others to make sure um, whatever tasks we are given, we can succeed. And most of the time, there's negative attitudes on learning disability. Um, they, think, they think people with a learning disability um, haven't got the ability to have a job, learn, able to have an inclusive education and friends. They, most people think um, a learning disability is um, like you can't learn at all. A learning disability is described um, as a reduced intellectual ability to learn, but People with a learning disability always get there eventually. They need the time and the reasonable adjustments and the right support to get there because people with a learning disability have got hidden talent and it's not nice when hidden talent gets wasted. Thank you, Harry. Um, so um, supporting people with a learning disability to get um, jobs is one of our big areas um, of support at MenCap. And we thought it'd be really helpful if we got Harry and Kira as two colleagues with a learning disability to describe their own personal experiences of trying to get into the jobs market and to talk about the successes you've had and the challenges that you faced. Kira, would you like to go first? So after I left college, the challenge of trying to get a job started, I found communicating with people at the job centre quite difficult. So the people who worked there didn't really understand that I just needed a bit more time to learn things and that I needed a bit of extra time to understand what they were saying to me. Application job forms were very difficult because they were inaccessible. They had jargon big words on them. So I had to have a lot of support from my family. And so after a very long time of quite difficult challenges, I found out about the disability employment officer at my local job centre and she introduced me to MenCap 
And I've been at Mencup now 18 years and I have a fab career. Can you tell us a bit more about the job you do, Kira? I am a campaigns support officer. So my job is to support all of our campaigns work. So I go and I do presentations out to people with a learning disability and their families like workshops. And I help teach them their rights about their rights about what they have. I also do media interviews. I help to talk to decision makers. I make sure that our campaigns are really inclusive and help get people with a learning disability included in our campaigns. So I'm a real campaigner. I stand up for what I believe in. I go and spread our Mencap message to lots of people. And so I'm very passionate about what we do. Thank you, Kira. Harry, would you like to tell us about your experiences? Absolutely. Um, I was at college when I was um, from 17. And when I was 18, while I was studying, but I've had some time out of college as well. Um, at, at the age of 18, I've achieved getting my first job in Sainsbury's part-time as a general assistant. And it gave, I struggled at first, but I've managed to like get there within my um, job. So I've held that job for about five years and eight months mm -hmm. from 2000, December 2006 all the way to October 2011. And my job was to replenish like stock, finding stock and delivering um, a good customer service to the members of the public. So that was kind of like my first um, job. And it shows that I can hold down a job. And I kept going back to like study, studying full time education as well while I was in part time work. So I've studied um, like um, Step Up, um, which is a course for people with learning disability to um, gain like qualification in enterprise, um, diversity um, and functional skills in English, maths and ICT. And it's, and it's really good that I've got gained those qualifications. And then I did an art and design level one diploma and rewarded a distinction at the end of um, my course when I was at Hartford Regional College. And once I finished college, I've left Sainsbury's and college and I came to join Mencap in, to, in October 2011. And I started off as a learning disability consultant slash project support um, on the Inspire Me programme. It was a three year project funded by the co-op. They funded seven million to um, inspire me to deliver workshops and community impact projects to young people with a learning disability. And it built my confidence being a workshop leader. And for a little while, whilst I was inspire me, because that role was part time, I had a combined job um, working on reception. So I've had two jobs within Mencap. So I was almost full time working four days um, a week. And it kind of like gained my confidence um, delivering um, customer service, um, managing the reception area and working with, with the facilities team, um, which I did for about six months whilst I was on the Inspire Me programme. So I've had two jobs. So paid for two days um, on Inspire Me and paid for two days on reception. So that that role reception was for only, only about seven months because um, even though it was permanent, I've been I've, I've been offered like a new job to go into the chief executive's office 
as an administration slash ambassador. Um, so when I took that role, I was kind of like doing like office work for um, the chief executive of uh, MENCAP, meeting and greeting the guests, um, making sure that the chief executive's office is running smoothly, make sure um, I, I'm professional all time when running, uh, when making sure that the CEO's office runs smoothly. And part of my ambassador work, I kind of lobbied like MPs. I was lobbying MPs, meeting people like major donors at like dinner events, talking about my experiences of um, having a learning disability. And after a few months um, being in the chief executive's office, I was asked, um, because my colleague here, here alongside with me today, Kira, was stepping down as um, the EPSA steering group member, European Platform for Self-Advocates, as it stands for. I was asked to take over and from there I was elected. So I've been um, doing the work with Inclusion Europe since December 2014 and, and I'm still doing it today um, in 2019. So that's from my experience, and um, that's and and my current new job is um, I've recently uh, moved to the communications team, working in communications and an ambassador. So my role is to um, put, promote Mencap's proud work on social media, and meet different people, meet celebrities, share my experience of having a learning disability, doing some, like some research on bloggers about um, learning learning disability, because recently uh, me and my colleague have been working on a book um, called David Bedell, um, the Turbo Chaser um, book. If you haven't heard of it, read it. It's about um, a young girl with a learning dis sorry no, with with a disability um who wants to wants to ride in cars and when it's called turbo chaser she wants she dreams of being like a racer wow yeah. sounds great so that's that, that that's what it is and um part of my role at the same time is um I'm now um like a mencap journalist and my first mencap journalism role within the comms team was um doing the peanut butter falcon um um premiere because the peanut butter falcon movie is about a young man called Zach who lives in the US who has um, a learning disability and Down syndrome alongside Hollywood star Shia LaBeouf, who previously casted in the Transformers. And um, I interviewed um, Zach and some of them, the director's crew at um, the premiere. And we had the screening of the Peanut Butter Falcon at night. And then the next day, I interviewed Zach again at his hotel alongside Shia LaBeouf. And whilst interviewing him, he actually fed back to me during my interview saying, you're good at this dog. And, <laughs> and he said, you, you said, you're good at your job. He said, when I'm, he said, when we're, he said, when we're answering questions, he actually says, I listen rather than prep for my next question. And this is the problem. That's what journalists um, do. They do prep for their next question rather than pay attention to the person they are interviewing. And I'll stop there. That's my, that's most that's part that's all part of like the thing uh, and the work I'm doing with part of my role. But inclusion is so important because we need more people um, with a learning disability into paid jobs, and that's why we need HR executives to work with MenCap and the Disability Confidence Scheme to get more people with a learning disability into paid jobs. Learning disability. Um, it's even though it's hidden, and you might—I—I I, I don't know what um, 
HR executive directors are currently thinking, if you don't know, people with a learning disability can learn. They've got talent. They can um, gain so much to your organisation. And if you can, if you can give them a, the, them a chance, that will be that that will be amazing. Because all you've got to do is make the reasonable adjustments, work with Mencap, ask Mencap for support, and access our job coaches so people with a learning disability can get the best out of work and we can make inclusion a better place for everyone. Thank you Harry that's amazing. Kira can you tell us a bit about what being in a, a rewarding job has done for your confidence, your independence, friendships, that kind of thing? Definitely. I think the last 18 years have been a whirlwind um it's been a an amazing roller coaster that goes up it goes down it goes all around and i think some of the really big things that i have achieved because of mencap support to me is i i'm more confident i speak up more and i say what i believe in and years ago i didn't do that but i do that now i'm married when I first came to Mencap, I read so many stories of people with learning disabilities wanting relationships, wanting to get married. So I was like, okay, that's really challenging. And so six years ago, I got married and I just wanted to prove that with the right support from people around me, that I could do it. And then I could prove to other people they can do it with the right support. I live independently with my husband, so I... I have fantastic support from my husband and my family to keep living independently. I have a career. My job is not just my job. My job is my career now and I love it. I come to work every day with a smile on my face. I stand up for not only myself, but for 1.5 million other people with a learning disability living in the UK. I'm an ambassador for Mencap, so I go out and I talk to lots of people with a learning disability about having a learning disability and we share our, our experiences and I feel I can relate to that. Um, I'm now a trustee of two other learning disability charities in my area and I use my experience to help them and I'm so proud to have those roles and I haven't just got them because I have a learning disability. I made them give me an interview. I made them make me apply for the job. So I got it on my merit because I didn't want to be used as just someone on the board with a learning disability. I went through the proper channels and I got it. And I now am also doing some work with some cancer charities because this year I went for my very first cervical screening smear test and I made a video about my own experience. It had 27,000 views on my Twitter account. And so I talked about cancer checking. I talked about cancer awareness during my video because sadly I'd lost a few people to cancer in my family. And now two cancer charities um, have asked me to do some blogs for them and a cancer charity are going to announce me as an ambassador next year, which is really exciting. And they've never had anyone with a learning disability as an ambassador before. Great. So I'm very proud of that. So I have to keep it under my hat for a little bit longer. So it's given me my life. Mencap have given me my career. 
they've given me the support that I needed to be able to achieve my skill set. They have given me a voice. There's an endless list of things that I've been able to do because of Mancap support. And now I know that it's okay to say that you have a learning disability because many years ago, I didn't like telling people that I had a learning disability. Now I love telling people that I have a learning disability because it opens doors and it opens conversations. And I'm very proud to work for Mencap and I now see my future career in Mencap and I, I've got lots of things I want to achieve now. And so because I ask for the support, I get to do these things. So yeah, I'm, I'm a, I, I hope that I've lived proof that even if you have a learning disability, you can achieve, you can live your dreams, your goals, but have the right support to do those. And it won't happen overnight, but it will happen. And you just have to have faith that it will happen. And it's happened for me. So it's meant a lot. And um, for friendships, you know, all my best friends around me at the moment ha all have a learning disability. And that's the thing the common bond between us is that we all stick up for each other we all defend each other we understand each other we go through ups downs roundabouts but we're always there for each other and now they're stronger people because I've helped them speak up so it's it's given me my life and I won't change it thank you Kara can I just ask Kira you talk a lot about having the right support what, what does that mean what what does that look like it means if I don't understand something, I ask someone to explain it to me. If I'm not sure of something, it's about saying, hang on a minute, I don't get what you're saying or I don't get that thing I'm reading or that thing I'm writing. Please, can you just give me some extra time or please, can you maybe help me through it? And it's about having someone there like a job coach. So I, I have a job coach at work. And it's somebody who helps me to break down my work. It It's about having a bit of extra time to go through things, to break things down, to understand what's being asked of me so I can do my job to the best of my ability. It's about breaking down stigma so that managers... my I want my manager to see that I do a good job like anybody else and I can do that with support so it means having somebody there or having people there that actually just understand that I want to do all, all my tasks but I just need a bit of help every so often and that's called good support. Great thank you. So two very inspiring stories there but a lot of people with a learning disability are struggling to get into a job. Mark can you tell us a bit about our recent uh, survey and the findings from that? Yes so uh Recently, we've conducted a survey uh, with people with a learning disability and asking a range of questions, um, but we focused some of those questions around employment, um, recognising that previous surveys have highlighted employment as being one of the, the most important things in the lives of people with a learning disability. Our statistics showed of 1,625 people surveyed, 23% are currently in paid work, but a large proportion of those are, are in part-time work. Um, so we really want to see that figure moving up. Uh, when you relate that to 
people from the general disability population. I think the current statistics are about 52% in paid work and for the general population, just above 80%. So even though uh, there are many people with a learned disability now fortunate enough to be able to move into work, the figures are still significantly lower than for those without a, a learning disability. And what do you think the main barriers are to people getting into work? Uh, I think there are quite a few barriers. Um, the, the lack of the right type of funding for organisations to provide support to people to move into work is a key one. Um, but also employers uh, not necessarily knowing how to employ someone with a learning disability. So there, there is a lot of stigma, I think, as you say, Kira. Um, a lot of employers don't necessarily uh, discrim deliberately discriminate against people and prevent them coming into work but they perhaps don't realise that having an, an online-only application process, um, having a sort of formal, formal sort of set uh, interview process, those sorts of things can really uh, create huge barriers for people with a learning disability. So it's really about trying to identify some of the reasonable adjustments that employers can make. A lot of those are very simple adjustments. Um, as Kira I think, mentioned, the support of a job coach being a, a key one. Um, so really sort of being able to, for employers to recognise that there's government funding available to be able to provide a, a member of staff to work alongside somebody so that they can learn at their an appropriate pace. Um, so it's really about uh, making sure that the right types of funding for programmes are available and that the right support is available, but also that employers are sort of open to uh, making reasonable adjustments and working with organisations like Mencap to be able to make those positive steps to enable people to, mm. to move into work. So given there's lots of HR directors <laughs> listening to this, hopefully, um, what are some of the simple things that people could change, say, in the recruitment process? Because there's almost barriers from the get-go, isn't there? There is, In traditional yeah. recruitment. Yeah, I think that just being open to, to tweaking the, the process, um, just having that right attitude towards recruitment, um, so things like being open to allowing people to submit a CV uh, or perhaps to come in and have an informal discussion um, rather than going through a complicated online process. Um, we'd encourage the use of work trials instead of a formal interview. So what that looks like is somebody might do the equivalent of like a work experience placement for a, a set period of time, usually a, a couple of weeks, two or three weeks perhaps where they can really demonstrate their ability to do a job rather than sitting in a, a formal interview um, where they might struggle to contextualise the questions that are being asked of them. So being able to go in and demonstrate things that you can't test in an interview, things like uh, the fact that they're going to turn up on time, how they interact with their colleagues, uh, their willingness to you know, put themselves, go the extra mile. That you've heard from Harry and Kira today about you know, how passionate they are about their jobs. Um, employers consistently tell us about the things that you cannot put in CVs like the impact on staff morale. So by allowing this work trial process, you can see all those things immediately about somebody's attitude. Somebody can sit in an interview and, and tell you that they've got a good attitude and that they're going to turn up on time. But actually, if you go through a work trial, then you can demonstrate those. So yeah, a few little simple tweaks. The ability to allow a job coach within the um, environment to support somebody to learn at their the right pace um, and yeah I think not not complicated not expensive for employers and we see time and time again that, that these these little tweaks can 
really make a huge impact on a business. So if any of our listeners are kind of interested and would like to think about ways of perhaps trying this out for the first time, what would you recommend they do, Mark? I think they, I'd strongly recommend they get in touch with, with MenCap or a, a similar organisation in their uh, local area to talk through the types of things that uh, support that we can put in place. So MenCap, for instance, we, we can offer a learning disability awareness session. So that can be for you know, managers and staff to understand what a learning disability is and uh, the, the little tweaks that people might need to make to a, a workforce to um, enable somebody to come into work very much as Kira and Harry have described earlier. Um, people can learn, but they might just need a little bit longer and a few little adaptations to the environment in terms of process um, can enable somebody to, to come in and, and really make a difference. So, uh, yeah, I'd strongly encourage that uh, organisation, uh, businesses perhaps looking to uh, employ somebody with a learning disability, reach out to um, support providers in their local area to um, see what support's available. And uh, your team are currently trying out some new types of roles that people with learning disability can undertake in an organisation. Um, can you describe those briefly? Mm. Yeah, we, so uh, in the last sort of two or three years, we've really started to, to work a lot with um, programmes through the education system. So we've, we've developed what we call the three ships, which are supported internships, traineeships, and apprenticeships. So they're three separate programs and they, they cater for people at all sort of, with all levels of learning disability, with supported internships for those perhaps with the more complex needs or perhaps furthest from the labour market through to apprenticeships, um, which probably for those that are almost ready to take that step into work and traineeships fulfilling the role of a sort of stepping stone into apprenticeships. Um, with these programmes, what we found is uh, because of the, the sort of underpinning educational programme that sits there and I think more importantly the fact that they are vocational so people are learning on the job, we've seen a real success um, and we really wanted to um, start to develop these programmes further. Um, so over the past sort of 18 months or so we've been, we've been trialling apprenticeships internally um, to see whether that these could work because this is, this is a programme that's not designed specifically for people with a learning disability. But uh, we've been pleased to find that, again, with the right support, people are able to progress through an apprenticeship. Um, we've, we expected there to be some real challenges, particularly around endpoint assessment, but with the right preparation, the right levels of support working right throughout the programme, we've seen uh, two of our apprenticeships have passed with distinction. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the conception that uh, the that people with a learning disability might not be able to do an apprenticeship has been sort of blown out the water really. That uh, so yeah, we'd be really sort of keen to explore with uh, with many employers about what their apprenticeship levy is currently being spent on, and whether they could use this as a a, a mechanism to support more people with a learning disability to become employed within their business. Vince, I believe you've got a colleague with a learning disability doing an apprenticeship at the moment in IT. We do, uh, uh, lovely Dan in our team, um, and it's one. It's a question actually. I was going to um, throw back to to Mark. We'd be quite useful to um, to enlighten us on is the sort of roles that people get involved in because um, 
there's a, often misconceptions or misunderstandings about the value of what people do. And part of the reason we're, we're doing the podcast is talking about the use of robotics and robotic process automation. And we don't want to limit the roles that people get involved in or the fear of the jobs that, that might, uh, they're often seen as a threat um, by robotics. Dan and our team, he's, he's uh, processes uh, quite a lot of data for us, uh, deals with a lot of reporting, um, but also is um, very social, very personable, very helpful guy in the team. So he's not limited in, in some of the, the roles that he's doing. They're actually quite a technical role as well. What sort of roles do you find that people get involved in that, uh, that you're putting people into work with? Well, I think uh, you know everybody is different. And so I think we, we really look to broaden out uh, as many roles as possible. So our support is very much bespoke to the, the person that we're supporting and looking at what we, we, ca we carry out, what we call a vocational profile, which identifies the right sort of sectors and roles that people might be best fitted for. Um, but I guess typically we're looking at entry level roles. Um, so most organizations have got uh, roles that that can be that are either a direct fit at entry level or can be adapted to uh, create a, a role at, at entry level. Uh, but certainly in, in sort of in terms of what you're talking about, Vince, the uh, in terms of the sort of digital area era and how that's impacted on people with a learning disability, uh, in some ways it's it's been a help. Um, so the use of tills, for instance, a lot more reliant on visual aid. So that means makes things a lot simpler for a lot of people with a learning disability who might have struggled to, you know, use a manual till previously. Um, we've done a lot of work in the logistics sector. So we're doing some work with a company called Clipper Logistics and um, the, the amount of roles within an, a warehouse setting these days is phenomenal. So I think in the in the past it would have probably been restricted to picking and packing clothes and shipping them off. But these days with returns, there's a lot of digital stuff, which using scanners and barcodes has meant that there are a wide variety of roles within one setting that that people can do. So uh, yeah, I think it's a it's a myth that people are losing their jobs because of um, progression in the the tech world. And that's certainly our approach to looking into using things like robotic process automation is to ensure that all of our jobs in MENCAP are really interesting jobs yes, <laughs> um, and that anyone would like to do really so um, we'd agree with you there. Um, Harry and Kiri would you like to say anything more to our listeners in the HR world before we finish? I think I'd just like to say if you're someone with a learning disability or an employer listening to this, take a chance on us. Give us a chance and you'll see what we can do. We might not be able to do everything straight away, but we can prove what we can do and show you our talent. So please take us on, give us a chance and have people with a learning disability working for you because you'll see their personality, you'll see their humour, you'll see their achievements, you'll see them grow in confidence. So please, please hire people with a learning disability because it will really change your outlook on your world. Thank you. It's, it's very important um, to all employers and HR executives, um, just like what 
Kira and myself, we have well-meaningful roles at Mencap that are very rewarding. And we need to ask all employers to unite together and access the Disability Confidence Scheme and also get support from Mencap. And you will see the difference recruiting people with a learning disability because of their talent, personality, they are honest. And I can tell you now, me and Kira do this myself, we take less sick leave. We work hard and work tirelessly every day. And most people with a learning disability are more likely to be in work every single day without um, pulling a sickie. <laughs> Fabulous. It sounds good to me. <laughs> and, and Angela, can I just add yeah. from my side, because just obviously being the, the IT director and the technical side of this, one of the things that's really important that I've noticed since working at Mencap is all of the people that I come across with learning disabilities bring a huge amount of personality. And when we talk about technology, interestingly, it's the softer skills, it's the people skills that are really important. And for me, um, when we talk about robotics, it's taking away the repetitive tasks that don't that, that is the robots being taken out of the human. And what I found working with people with learning disabilities, they bring a huge amount of personality to any roles that they do. And as Mark said, it could be any type of role, but wherever I've come across them, fantastic personalities and a great member of any team that I've worked in and in my team, in fact. So. Sorry, Great. I just wanted to add that in, Alex, no, because of the tech you. angle. Sorry. Yeah. If I can just also add sure. the... Um, so uh, a couple of years ago, we, we commissioned Dr. Stephen Bayer to do some research into the business benefits of employing somebody with a learning disability. And he carried out a systematic review across the world of what uh, research had been carried out previously. And it, it he found all the same sort of things that we see on a day-to-day -day basis and sort of really feeding on from what Harry said that uh, we found that people stay in entry-level jobs longer, they value their roles more, they have fewer sick days, and many times we've heard of people who've been in a role for 15, 20 years not had a single day off sick. Um, and that one I mentioned earlier, really uh, a positive impact on staff morale. We hear this time and time again, and you can't, you can't put that in a job description. You can't interview somebody and say, are you going to have a positive impact on staff morale? So it's it's added value. So it's not about um, really sort of pleading with employers to say, please do this out of pity. There's a genuine business benefit in employing from this client group, and you know we'd encourage employers to to take that leap and uh, benefit themselves, find all the benefits from themselves. Yeah, brilliant. Harry, final word? Yeah, just, this is just <laughs> fine. This is final. Yeah. Um, as we are heading into a new decade, heading into 2020, it, I think let's, I'm going to argue all employers to make a fresh start. We're going into a new decade now. Let's make 2020 to 2029 a decade we can build disability inclusion. So let's make the adjustments and come together. So let's make a start. New decade, new start, disability inclusion. Fabulous. At work. We need an hashtag, don't we, for that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, everyone, for listening. I hope you found it um, really interesting. And please do get in contact with us if you'd like to find out more. 
Thanks for listening to this episode of the HRD Live podcast. You can find out more about attending the HRD Summit UK 2020 at hrdsummit.com. If you enjoyed this episode, you can subscribe on hrdconnect.com or via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts for a brand new episode every week. See you next time.